welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan. I'm with Sean Bowles. Hello. I'm so glad to be with you again, Bob. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I'm so sad we didn't get to see each other over the new year yet or Christmas because of the stupid COVID lockdowns and everything else in life that's been happening. But we're going to see each other right here. We're on Zoom, yeah. even though we're on audio. Right. Well, we have a we have a podcast today with our friend Brock Shine and he's a lawyer that our listeners are just going to love, aren't they? They are. And I, I thought it was interesting in our kind of pre-show talk that you and I were having about perspective and about keeping perspective. And I think you are one of my balancers in life, where, balancers in life, where I feel like I call you up when I need perspective. Like you have such a gift of grounding people, but like let's talk about that because this is 2021. This is a really awkward time of perspective building for even Christians because there's so much misinformation and wrong energized things. Things are the art shouldn't be in the A seat; it should be in the C or D seat, but they're in people's A seat of their hearts. Like, let's talk about this a little bit. I I don't know what to say about this except the old song, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus. Did you sing it? No, I can't sing it. <laughs> or, or the old song, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I think about those those lyrics because we're not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 li- we're looking at our feeds. We're looking at the news. We're hearing all this craziness happening all over the world with all the things that are happening with COVID and vaccines and politics and race relations. And it's just so confusing and chaotic. Yeah. And for me, the only way when I get this way is to, is to try to remember to put my eyes on Jesus. I mean, how do you do it? Well, I was thinking about it in the general, because I, I feel like I've always been in um, kind of progressive Christianity in the sense of moving forward, believing for transformation, going into society or, or into culture or into places that need extreme justice, like war zones and, you know, red light districts. And when you go in with that mindset that God's kingdom could affect those things, you're constantly rebalancing and regrounding yourself in the reality of Jesus. Because like our teams that are in war zones building schools, think about 2020, how hard it was for them. We had two invasions in our schools that were in the war zones of Congo. Um, we had a lot of stuff stolen that we just bought. A whole car was stolen. Just all this stuff was happening. And these are people who already don't have anything and we're raising them up as students. And it was so beautiful to watch our team still have complete hope in the midst of their lockdown, which is way more severe than ours. You need like a note to get out to the store and only one person per household has to be an adult. It's crazy. But it's so different there. And I feel like um, when you're, when Christianity is only in a Western world and we and you only hear from other people from the Western world, you don't really understand how you can thrive as a human being in full freedom in God, no matter what restriction you have from your country or from your lo- local church or from a bad group or whatever. It's like you can still thrive if you understand that you're justified by your own faith and relationship in Jesus. That's the foundation of Protestant faith. I think that's really hard for people um, when they hear the narratives of your freedom is going to be taken away or this person's not going to get elected. So you may not have as much, you know, whatever benefit in, in your country. And this is happening in many countries right now. Like a lot of people are believing for a certain person to be elected or a certain party to gain dominance. And I just feel like for me, I've had to 
constantly place myself in the sense of like my faith isn't dependent and my life and my benefit isn't dependent on anyone else but God. And so I have to ground myself like, am I believing that with this conversation that I'm having right now? Am I believing that truth that Jesus and his will for me is greater than any institution around me? Well, even when you said war zones and red light districts, that just shifted my perspective. Because yeah, we, sure, sure it, I do that all the time. Like, well, all of a sudden, something will get one more freedom taken away. Like, our kids didn't get to go back to school right now. Of course, they were in two days a week, and that, that was taken away from us. So, we had plans, and we have a lot we have to get done. And we, we're already way behind because of kids being at home. And we're like laughing, going, the reality is that's such a Western world problem. We have right. a private school with our kids in it. We're not going to spin out over something that is so minor. We're just going to adjust our lives. But we have, you know, people in our lives who are spinning out over minors because. They're looking at, you know, cyclical information that's coming from news or from spiritual prophetic lists online or from maybe a church mm -hmm. focus or whatever that's not centralized to Jesus being on the throne with the government on his shoulders of the whole world. And so when you don't see, like I ask the question of, with any hard circumstance, what do I see you doing, Jesus? Or am I seeking first the kingdom of God? I, I sing that song, the old Bible song, probably once a week. So mm -hmm. it's my song too right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, you know, like, am I doing that? Am I really seeking that? Or am I worried about this? I, I like to think sometimes about, like, in my life, major on the majors, mm -hmm. not major on the minors. And you just sort of alluded to that. And right now, it seems like it's backwards. And people are really worrying about things that they can't control. So well, I do think that um, we are getting unaddicted to our addiction to spiritual information, not to Jesus. Even as Christians, I think that Christians are like, or news media, media, people are like, this is a good example. People are no longer trusting every news station to have the right source of information for them. So they're finding their own information online. And part of that's bad and part of that's good. Because some of what they're using isn't the right kind of information. It's lying information, misinformation. But everyone's responsible to believe what they're, you know, what they can believe, what the truth that they can find. And people have the, this is the first generation that has access to information. Well, it's the same spiritually. A lot of people are disappointed in different spiritual leaders and whatever right now. And the good thing about that when that happens is that then you have a choice and an option to say, I am actually the spiritual leader of my relationship with God in my life. Mm -hmm. And they are a supplement to it versus the old Catholic thing. And I love Catholics, but my priest is my leader. And therefore, I don't have as much accountability over that relationship. If it fails, it's not my problem. And right now, a lot of spiritual relationships we've had, whether we can't go to church because of COVID or something else, a lot of things are failing right now. And in that failure, it's causing people to not be so codependent on church or religion, but interdependent on church and religion. So by having their own, you know, being justified by faith, again, that, that statement from Martin Luther. Oh, that's so good. So, you know, for us, trust God. He's on the throne. He wins. And we're going to talk to Brock Shinen in just a second, who's going to give us a perspective of practical and spiritual that I think every, all the listeners are going to love. I know I'm going to love it. Oh, I love Brock every time we talk to him, so I can't wait. All right, stay tuned. God has wired you for hearing his voice, and this isn't rocket science. Through my best-selling book, Translating God, I introduce a love-based approach to the revelation gifts like prophecy and words of knowledge, then bring you on a full circle journey biblically on how to practice these gifts right now in your life. Be your own best personal prophet and then have the authority from that place to speak to the world around you. We have an anniversary bundle available for you right now that you can get at our website at www.bowlsministries.com. 
in this anniversary bundle, you're gonna get Translating God the Book, Translating God the Workbook, and also our brand new e-course that you're gonna love. We just made it really practical. It's gonna take you on the whole journey of how to translate God for you and the world around you. Oh, Bob, I'm so glad that we have our mutual friend Brock on right now. Brock, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're so good. 2021 is such a weird year, but I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think 2020 made everybody feel a little bit off kilter in some way, but I think uh, hitting 2021 is you got to just step in, jump in, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now that's interesting. So l- let's talk about it. Brock, you're a lawyer, you have clients, you're a thought leader, you've written books, you're, you do podcasts. Um, you're like a lawyer for almost everybody I know in the Christian world, whether it's entertainment or music or (laughs) churches or pastors. I mean, I know you do a lot of legal stuff beyond that, but I mean, like, uh, like the who's who of all Christendom (laughs) ends up calling you at some point. So like, not only you're a lawyer, but it's a weird time in you know, especially for Christians, but outside of Christianity as well. And so you are in a very unique position. Yeah. So anyway, back to my question, Sean. Um, and you know, you know, I was thinking, Sean, you know how when you go somewhere and you say, I'm from Los Angeles and somebody says, do you know? And then they, you know, fill in the blank yeah, and you're like, no. totally. <laughs> well, with Brock, with like with Brock, you're in the Christian world and they're talking about lawyers and you go, do you know Brock? Oh yeah, Brock. Yeah, I yeah, know Brock. Knows that. That's how it is with him. So, <laughs> but but what I was going to ask Brock is, 2020 was was a, a year full of challenges, and and here we are in 2021, and we kicked off with some challenges. And how do you see 2021 going? I think 2021, how it's going, is a function of how you perceive it going. <laughs> in all honesty, <laughs> that's and so true. I just, I think how people perceive life tends to be how life actually goes. And I think when you think 2021 is going to be great, it's going to be great. And it doesn't mean it's not going to have ups and downs. You know, 2020, in a lot of ways, was one of the hardest years of my life in in certain ways, right? But in other ways, it was a great year. And I do Mm -hmm. attribute that to probably two things. Number one, staying fully connected to God and just what, just trying to be, present with what he's saying and what he's doing, but also because my disposition towards life tends to be, it's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) It usually is fine, honestly. (laughs) No, I'm the same way. I think I'm more of a, uh, the cup is always full type person, but Bob, you're not that way because you're a risk manager. So you can (laughs) see all the empty spaces and highlight those to us, which has been so helpful for me at times because you're not a pessimist at all. You're actually very positive. But you have a gift of seeing that what Brock as a lawyer, usually lawyers are that way as well. So you're really set apart in the sense that you always like every time I talk to you, it's positive. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I try. I mean, there, it's it's funny, like I see all the negatives and there are times even when I have to like preface what I'm saying, like I'm not a cynic, but, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. But you know, seeing it and feeling it, you know, personally are two different things. I can perceive, you know, now there's some risks here, some liabilities, some bad stuff that can happen. But, you know, again, I think it goes back to disposition and, and what you, how you want the year to go. I mean, circling back to what Bob asked, how do you want 21, uh, 2021, sorry, to go? Well, that, that depends on how you want it to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, Brock, you and I were talking about this earlier. We've there's been a lot of preparation in 2020 
for things that are going to come about in 2021. And if we, if our perspective really is like what you're saying is looking forward and believing that God has the best for us, it, it sort of sets our face in the right direction in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of uh, political turmoil, in the midst of all the things that we dealt with in 2020. How do you how do you see that in your life moving forward? I think I think it's a constant it's a practice really. I mean, I don't I don't know why, but this reminds me of um I was probably in 7th grade and no, actually maybe 6th grade. I, I was in elementary school. And a friend of mine who was a little older had a moped, you know, like a miniature motorcycle basically. And we'd ride all over town, he would drive and he would either put me on the back of his seat or he would pull me on my skateboard. And, you know, there are times when I like fall off my skateboard, we're going 30 miles an hour or whatever. But this one time we went down this hill and we crashed and it was pretty bad. Like we were were pretty torn up. And he was like, Oh, and, and it hurt. And I'm sure I was groaning too, but then I just started laughing and it was quiet for a second other than me laughing. And then he just like lunged at me. And like started swinging at me. And I was oh, like, man. what is happening? And he goes, you think everything's a joke. Everything's funny to you. And he's like, we just crashed. You know, we could have died. <laughs> and I, and, and seriously, from that point in my life, well, I'm sure it was before then, but in that point in my life, I really realized like how I view life is probably different <laughs> than a lot of people. And I mean, I can, I can pinpoint very specific things that were horrible that happened to me and people I love last year. And yet I just feel such a hope. I feel such a hope for 2021. I felt such a hope for 2020. I feel a hope for our country. I feel a hope for businesses. I feel a hope for believers. I feel a hope for the, the church. But if you ask me like, well, Brock, how could that be? I mean, I could pinpoint well, here's a reason why the church could die this year. Here's a reason why businesses could die this year. And and I think it's just kind of positioning your brain in in a particular direction, you know? No, it's so good. And I think when people hear that, a lot of times they can say that's just a personality quality, but really it comes down to the way you practice the kingdom, the way you practice your Christianity Mm -hmm. and the way you choose to view because you're assaulted with information, especially because you're privy to a lot of inside information from ministry leaders and places and things. So you know what's going on. But at the same time, you you still discipline yourself to believe this way. So I don't think it's just, this is, I I have a unique way of seeing the world. I think there really is a kingdom viewpoint in this that I think is really strategic because lawyers, again, often don't have the reputation of being positive. They're telling you all the ways to guard your heart and your life and your business and your family and everything else. They're not, they're not as, uh, Bright and shiny as Brock Shinen. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. But I think you're right, Sean. I think, you know, I don't always attribute it to like a practice of faith. But when I think through my life from the time I was a kid, you know, my parents, my, my parents were in ministry, grandparents in ministry, just a lot of ministry in my family. And I think I was taught from birth, basically, or probably the womb with my mom, you know, my mom would sing over me and pray over me. And she, she told me that, um, I think I was just taught that God is good. God's on the throne and no matter what happens in life, he's good and he's on the throne. So, Mm -hmm. so what is there to worry about? And, 
you know, even the verses of like, you know, worrying doesn't add an hour. I, I, you know, I'm the worst at quoting scripture. But, you know, <laughs> worry, worrying doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't add days to your life. It doesn't solve problems. Like tomorrow's got its own problems. We have to trust God today. And I, and I think Sean, like you said, it's, I attribute it kind of as a positive disposition. Like I'm a happy person. I'm a positive person, but in reality, I know what it is. It's Jesus. And I, and I yeah. trust him. I trust him to my core. So I know he's going to take care of me, whether I make mistakes, whether I get hurt, my family gets hurt, whatever, he's going to take care of us. And I believe that. Yeah, you do. And it's evident in how you conduct yourself. How did, when did you decide to uh, go into law, Brock? Did you always think that's what you wanted to do? No, in fact, I never, it never even crossed my mind. Um, I, I didn't watch a sh legal show in high school and say, that's what I want to do. Um, I never considered law. It wasn't, I mean, I grew up thinking I'd be a pastor, a worship leader, and then eventually a psychologist, and then actually went that direction in, in college wow. and graduate school. And, and then it wasn't until I was working at Vineyard Music in charge of publishing and licensing there during the 90s that I really felt God say, and now I want you to go to law school. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> that was literally the first time I'd ever thought about law school. Um, so, yeah, it was not, not something I planned for. Why do you think God puts you in law? Like, like you're wired a certain way, but kind of talk about that because I know God has these dreams for us before time began. And, you know, like you were made and it was a certain type of makeup that it just like when I've met you and I've interacted with you these 12 years, you are just so natural and, and natural in who you are. So why do you think God puts you here? Like, what are some of the defining things that God's doing through you in this? And I know our listeners won't know about what I know about, which is amazing. Features and facts. I think you just read your bio; it'd be amazing. You know, it's it's an interesting question, Sean, because it's not something I really like chew on too much. Because you know, you kind of look at yourself and say, "I'm just me," right? But when I think about the question as you posed it, I think, well, I love I love complexity and I love intricate detail, but I'm kind of wired as like an everyman. Like I don't, I don't speak in legalese. I don't go into a party and tell lawyer jokes, and, you know, like, like, uh, but you know, we do about you when you're there. Which right. is perfect. Everyone mocks me for being a lawyer. <laughs> no, it's, I think there's a part of my personality that's by design where God has enabled me to translate complexity into simplicity. And I think he's yeah. given me a personality that's not drawn to the status of it all or the achievements and accomplishments of it all. And yet he's given me a drive to accomplish all of it. And so it's, it's kind of like these weird, I don't, I don't want to say they're counterbalanced or, or counter, like they don't work against each other. I think they complement each other, but the fact that I love complexity and I love to get my hands dirty in it coupled with that. I also love to help people understand things in a very simple way. It, it's it's like kind of the answer to most lawyers love to confuse people because it's what enables mm. them to stay employed, right? The, yeah. the less you know and the more I know, the more you'll rely on me. I've from day one always practiced the opposite. The more yeah. I know and the more I can give you and empower you, the, the less you'll need me and the more you'll be empowered. But the irony of all of that, I mean, I know this isn't what you asked me, but it's just this is where yeah, my brain's perfect. going. Yeah. God has just done crazy things with me and my practice because all I want to do is learn more so I can give away more. And, and that's what he's kind of accomplished with me and my personality. 
Oh, I love that so much. Man, I feel like um, when people are listening to this, a lot of times people, you know, need lawyers at really hard times in their life or when they're going, creating structure or business. And we don't know what we need you to know for us. And so in your God assignment, you've done it for us personally, but in your God assignment, like uh, how do you sift through like what's yours and what's not yours to do? And how do you pick people? And because there's so many different people who it's like before and after Brock, you know, when they have an experience with you, it's been so helpful. That's, that's probably a little bit tougher because I don't know that I have an answer that's as clear as day, even for myself of like, what's me versus what's God or what, what am I saying yes to versus what God, you know, is God saying yes to, I think, you know, one of the verses that strikes me sometimes is, um, again, I'm not the best at, at quoting scripture accurately. <laughs> never come to me for a theology lesson um, or a scripture, a scripture quoting lesson, rather. I, I understand theology, but not uh, word for word. Here's, here's what that verse says, is for you to know what's right for you and not to do it is sin. Yeah. And I think that when you think about like, okay, God has, you know, what many Christians perceive to be rules, right? A rule book for our lives. But sometimes I know I'm supposed to give away and it doesn't make sense. Or I know I'm supposed to empower and it doesn't make sense. Or I know I'm supposed to spend extra time or say yes, because in myself, I want to, and I know I'm supposed to, but I can't point to a scripture. I can't point to an instruction from God that said, Brock, you need to do this. Um, And so I think for me, I want to err. I want to live my life on the side of erring in favor of giving more, of doing more, of of trying to hand out more, of trying to sacrifice more. And this is this is a life goal for me. And I and I know there are times where I mess that up. I know there are times where I probably overextend myself. And I've and I've had you know, quote, professionals try to speak into my life. And I say, try, because I, I push back. And and I had one, you know, that, you know, said, Brock, you know, you can't always run at a full sprint. And I said, yeah. said by the person who's never sprinted for life. Wow. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you say you can't go alone, usually the only people that say you can't go alone are people that have not gone alone. The people that say you can't conquer a mountain are the people that haven't conquered a mountain. You know, you can't run three so consecutive good. ultra marathons, you know, over 100 miles each back to back without dying, except for the person who just did it. And and so I want to view my life literally as limitless. And the only way I can do that is if I am so completely unequivocally uh, invested in the full on belief that I cannot do anything without Jesus. But with him, there's nothing. There's no limit I have. You can tell me, Bob, who I trust so deeply. And Sean, you know, I trust you so deeply. But if either of you said, Brock, you can't do it. It can't be done. I'll just say with a smile, well, you haven't done it yet, but it can be. And I'm (laughs) going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know, Brock, this is a perfect transition. You know, we've talked a little bit about your law career and how many people you've helped. But you have this whole other side of your life where... You're an author and <clears throat> your book, The Christian Entrepreneur, which you released last year, right? Yeah, yeah. February uh, last year. So fantastic and has helped so yeah, many people. I bought it for several people. Yeah. Uh, it's just like it's, step by step. No one does the the basic like starter. It's like entrepreneuring for dummies. That's like <laughs> such a, but in the kingdom, I love it. 
it's it's really helpful. And I know you've written other books and that you've been. Uh, tell us about the tweet. Uh, can you copyright? Can you copyright a tweet? Oh, this is cool. I don't quite understand this. Like five million people read this. What was it even about? So, and and I actually wrote it a handful of years ago to kind of address. So I had a good friend who was like Brock. I'm a creator. There's all these creators. We don't really understand like what can you protect? What can't you protect? You know, it, you know, can you like, for example, can you protect a tweet? And him asking that question, he's like, Brock, I, what I want you to do is write like a white paper, write like a, a serious, you know, di- a dissertation on this that creatives can take and be empowered with knowledge. And, um, he, he said, and I'm going to help, you know, I'm going to post it for you. I'm going to make sure, you know, people are seeing it or whatever. So it was just a friend that posed the question to me. So I sat down and I thought, what can you protect? You know, if I'm a creative, I want to know what I can and can't protect and why. I want to understand the digital space and how that relates to, you know, protecting my work. And, and tweets yeah. are just a perfect context to understand that and explain that. So I, I sat down and wrote this white paper and the next thing I know, he calls me one day. He's like, dude, do you know how many people have read this thing? I'm like, no, no idea. <laughs> he's like, you know, telling me numbers. And then I find out the World Intellectual Property Organization cited it as an authority in, you know, their, uh, one of their um, conversations on copyright. So and, you know, UC Berkeley had it in, in some conversation. And like Mark Cuban, who like of all people is like being provoked by Gizmodo magazine, you know, using, and I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So cool. But it, I just wanted to solve a, a very simple or answer a very simple question. And that was really my goal. I've never tried to build anything with it or put anything behind it. I just thought there's a question that need an, needs answered and I know how to answer it. You have this whole part of you that wants to help people as a, as a lawyer, but also um, as a writer and as a podcaster um, uh, and as a thought leader, what you really are after are helping people get set free, aren't you? I am. I am. I, I think about it. I, I ache for it. <laughs> I wake up and I fall asleep and don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a, I'm a human being and I have many, many other joys and, and hobbies and things in life, but I would say this idea of empowering people and setting them free and helping them live full lives where they're not just filled with stress and anxiety over finances and business decisions and business disputes and all that. I, I long and ache to see people set free so they can enjoy life and enjoy what God put them on this earth for. That's so good. I, I think, uh, you know, in our perspective, We've talked a lot on this podcast of even giving away social capital, giving away time, sacrificing. There's something about that servanthood of Jesus that I see modeled in a lot of the people we're interviewing, and especially you, Brock. I've sent countless people to you over the years, and a lot of those people walked away with something that would have taken them three or four appointments with someone else, and you just gave your heart to it, and you were really present with it. I, I just I know that that's one of the reasons why I think God has put you in the position He's put you in because you're this influencer, but you're so down to earth. I know you're getting a lot of positive words of affirmation uh, on this. I can't <laughs> help it, but I do want to ask you. We have a little bit of time left, uh, just a couple minutes left. I want to ask you, what are some of the hardest things you you face, or some of the challenges you face as a lawyer who has integrity? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, ironically, I don't think a lot of the challenges stem from ethical dilemmas as much as people expect, because I do think that there are certain types of law practice um, where you face ethical dilemmas much more than I do. Sure. Um, so I'm probably, you know, grateful just for by virtue of the simple fact that I, I don't actually have to face difficult ethical situations too often. Um, but it, it, like any lawyer, of course I do. I think it's more to do with, uh, I'm an introspective person. And so it's in my nature to constantly question my motives and, and question like, why am I doing this? And is it really God? And is it really my heart to serve God? And it, and it reminds me of the, the verse, you know, basically, you know, it's good for us to be mocked, you know, for Jesus and how, how so many people like kind of change that into, no, it's good to be mocked, but they forget for what. And they somehow justify and Christianize, you know, that if they're getting challenged, they're getting hated, they're getting mocked because there's a verse on it. But what they're quoting to themselves is an incomplete verse. When I look at myself, I think, God, I want to live the whole truth. And I and I know I don't and I know I fail miserably daily, but it's truly like in my heart to live the whole truth, which means looking at the difficulties of even like how I spend my time, like, God, am I pursuing this to build an empire for myself? Mm. You know, I, I build stuff all day long in addition to helping people and every, you know, uh, inch I can cram building into, I try. And there are times when I walk away from it and I say, God, is this for myself or is this for you? Because if it's for me, I don't want it. But, but, you know, finding that answer or it's, I don't think it's a balance. I, I think it's truly like God speaking into it is really tough for me sometimes. And I, and I do walk away saying, Oh my gosh, am I just trying to build my own empire? You know, Lord, if I am, I don't want it. I just want it for you. And so I think my answer to the thing that plagues me is also God, I don't know. So I'm just going to keep putting it at your feet. And if I build it, um, and I, and I'm building my own empire, I'm going to turn that empire on its face at your feet. Um, and that's, I, I, you know, I, I, that's probably not what you expected when you asked the question, but I think my biggest struggle is that is it wow, daily so Lord, what am I building and why? And, and making sure it's at his feet. Every single thing that I put my hand to is, is laid at his feet. Wow. Well, Brock, thank you so much for sharing everything you have today. I know uh, we're creating this conversation because I know a lot of Christians don't get to hear this narrative and I so appreciate everything you've shared. Yeah, of course. No, I'm so happy to. And, Anything that helps, um, you know, believers, that helps non-believers, whatever I can do to, to speak into people's lives and encourage them. That's that's my hope and that's my goal. Well, Brock, you did and your heart came through this podcast so well. And um, we just thank you for taking the time with us. And next, uh, we have questions with Bob and Sean. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners, and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, 
that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. One of our favorite segments is when we get to answer your questions. And so, Bob, we're here now with Tabitha, who has a question about running a business in COVID. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Tabitha, and I've been listening to your podcast. So um, my question is this. How do you navigate changing your business uh, when you've been running it for three years and God tells you during COVID that if you keep running it in this world system, it will not succeed. And therefore, I need to learn how to run it in the kingdom way. Uh, And then he gave me John 6. So the story of Jesus multiplying bread. I'm just, um, I'm just trying to get the understanding so that I can get the practical actions on how to, you know, run my business. Thank you. Tabitha, thank you so much for your question. I'm so happy you made it three years running your business and that you're listening to the Lord and he's giving you direction about how to change uh, your business. And many businesses through COVID have had um, extremely hard times staying in business. So, you know, some of the practical things I think about are right-sizing your staff for uh, for uh, whatever the new business sales are. Um, if you were If you were selling X amount per month before COVID. And for example, if you're a a restaurant, then you would have lost sales, maybe up to 50%. So right-sizing your, um, right-sizing your staff, talking to your landlord uh, to have reduction in your rent uh, or some kind of help there and surrounding yourself with advisors who could help you more specifically. I think, um, I've been through many, many business cycles, and it always takes the same thing, being ready to adjust and shift based on market conditions. And we definitely have some different market conditions right now in COVID. And I'll just add, I love all that practical, um, Bob, because it's not just practical, it's spiritual. Like, how do we replant our foundation? Or if we have a foundation, how do we build on it in this kind of a day? And one of the things I'm seeing a lot of companies that never had... um, internet presence before have an internet presence. I think it's really important to have social media and marketing and learn some about what's available to allow your services to be seen. Because we're called to shine from the highest lampstand as a business Mm. that our company can be seen from. And a lot of times companies won't put as much real estate into their online presence as they do in their offline presence. And we're seeing stores that never had an online presence before COVID all of a sudden having to do brand awareness online, whether it's a coffee shop or whether it's a carpet company, whatever it is. And so I feel like God for Christians is putting so many people in a position of uh, favor because they're they're connecting online to each other and resourcing each other. Because I, all I know is that for us, even in our ministry, we've been able to ask the question to all kinds of other people in ministry, mm-hmm. for our friends who are in business and especially in the entertainment industry, we've been able to talk to each other and resource each other in ways that you used to have to 
really set up an appointment. It would take three months to get to somebody. And now we're having instant feedback mm -hmm. from people who are in the industry because people are growing together in this, in this COVID time. So don't be alone, but actually find a group of, you know, resource business leaders. And yeah. they're definitely the same field, but find some people to speak into what's going on. Like Bob was saying, advisors, well, especially the online people. What are what is uh, people in your field doing online right now to reach their community, to to be known and to be for people to be aware? The last thing I'll say about that is we lived in Studio City right before uh, the end of the year, and we just moved. But in Studio City, it's the kind of birthplace of a lot of restaurants, and we saw probably one out of every three restaurants just close their doors. But two of the restaurants that are there, one of them, I was talking to the owner. I happened to go there when he was dropping something off. And he said, you know, we just got this strategy to do some stuff online to care about the community we're in. And we just started to help people to connect to, you can have good food at home and putting recipes on line of our food so they can make it too. And we just tried to be part of the community in a way that was like on our Instagram was about, we'd feature them and how they meal prep. And we, uh, people just liked us and we, and then we became part of their daily conversation on Instagram where they were Oh, I'm making that too. Let's all make it together. And we started to do videos and they got strategies on how to be a part and connected. And I think that that's something we have today that we've never had before. So that may or may not apply to you. I hope it does. I know it applies to a lot of other people who are on right now, but thanks for asking your questions, guys. And please continue to ask them. Go to Bowles Ministries, B-O-L-Z Ministries.com. Click on the icon to ask Sean and Bob a question. We'll be here to answer those. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.